0: Let's begin, John chapter 3, verses 25 to 30. And I want to encourage you to listen this morning. This scripture won't be on our screen, but I want to encourage you to listen with a keen ear what God is saying. An argument developed between some of John's disciples and a certain Jew Over the matter of ceremonial washing, they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, that man who is with you on the other side of the Jordan, that is Jesus, the one you testified about, well, he is baptising and everyone is going to him. John says in reply, a man can receive only what is given him from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said, I am not the Christ, but I'm sent ahead of him. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom wedding, I want to encourage you, he doesn't wait and listen uh, for the, the bride and then all of a sudden gets disappointed for the bridegroom, but is excited for the bride when it comes to Christ. And so... Uh, John the Baptist says, that joy is mine and is now complete. And then these words, he must become greater, I must become less. That is what we are looking at this week and for these eight weeks of our series. He must become greater, I must become less. When I was young, all I wanted to be, well, there's many things I wanted to be. One of the things that kept cropping up over time was a football star. Hopefully you guys are getting the hang of me so far. It means soccer star, okay? None of this heretic football stuff. A soccer star, so many times. And I, I know on numerous occasions as I was growing up, like I just get that. Oh, I, I want to do that. That's what I want to be. And so I, I would ask Mum, "Hey, listen, can you take me to soccer training early?" And I'd run a couple extra laps just to get the fitness up. You know, this is like grade three stuff. And and then and then I'd borrow a ball from training and take it home and like up against the shed door, kick the soccer ball and practice the skills, and. I, Couple of times because I was young, managed to get up the carriage to like try and stay up late so I could turn on SBS and watch the pros do it. Because, you know, you know how it goes that if you watch them keenly enough, it will just absorb into you, won't it? Like listening to music the night before, yeah, yeah. Um, it'll just absorb into you, and all of a sudden, you'll be better. One of the really tricky things was um, I was a pretty lazy kid, so usually it lasts about three days of going hardcore, and then I realise, oh, 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 I'm not going to keep this up. Um, but we, when, we, when we aspire to something, when we want to be something, we surround ourselves with, uh, with things that complement or, or help us in that pursuit as much as possible. And, and we hope to sort of gain benefit from, from being near those things. Have you ever done it yourself? Have you ever been in that place? You know, especially as teenagers, I think that happens. Especially as we're thinking about what's going to happen, what we want to be, and what we want to do. But I think we also do it sometimes as adults, if if we're willing to admit it. You know, sometimes it's it's a something or it's a someone. Maybe we aspire to a certain standard of living and, and so we, we adjust our spending or, or the, the things that we do so that we can sort of hopefully be like that. Or maybe you, have, you haven't realised it, but, but in hindsight you look back and you go, oh, hmm, I was doing things a little bit different. Or depending on who you're around... All of a sudden we discover our language or our our behaviours might change because subconsciously we're we're actually wanting to be a little bit like the surrounding we're in. Sometimes it's to great success and sometimes it's destructive for our nature. In Christianity, we call this idea and this process Christ-likeness that we want to slowly grow, mature, and hopefully more and more each day we would begin to resemble Christ. It's what Christianity is all about. It's not about the prophetic. It's not about styles of worship. It's not about buildings. It's not about what you wear. Sarah asked me this morning, she's like, oh, you're not going to get... A little more dressed. That's not what you'd usually wear. And I said to her, you know what? I just felt encouraged to come as I am this morning. Because it's not about what we wear. Uh, it's, not, it's not about that person we, we put on a pedestal and we followed and then they failed and, oh, well, like fell away. Christianity is about becoming more like Jesus. Cut away the extra. And when these disciples of John the Baptist came to him trying to bring some of their their background and their worries and their doubts, John says, he must become greater, I must become less. So in light of those words, the relationship that we can have with God the Creator relationship we can grow we are looking at uh, changing the status quo going deeper in relationship with God that's what the next eight weeks are about focusing on our relationship with God and making sure that's not stagnant it's not still it's not stuck in neutral but it's going forward one way or another How exactly do we cultivate this relationship? I want to encourage you to think about a couple of things. God. God is a relational being. This is how we can have relationship with God. Genesis tells us that we are all made in the image of him. And so because we have so much likeness with him, it allows us to have potential for relationship with God. If we choose it, you know, God doesn't sit up in the clouds, you know, laying out punishment, sitting in damnation down to us or anything like that. But he is a relational God who was prepared to come down to us and to live with us. Because, of course, back in the garden we had original sin which created this separation and difficulty we have in relationship with God, put this barrier in the way. But because he's a relation got to God, he sent his son Jesus who shared with us, who loved us, who taught us and ultimately came and died on the cross for us, putting up a bridge or knocking, if you like, knocking down that wall, that barrier that stops us from being able to connect with God, but allowing us, if we come to him, to be able to get back into healthy relationship with God. We couldn't have relationship with God without the Christ. I want to also encourage you to have a think. There are relational tools that God has given us which enables us to have relationship with God. It's a bit like a normal relationship. Can you think of some things that are healthy for you to do practically, action-wise, that is healthy for a relationship? Let's hear it. I want, I want it. What You might even go, you know what? I admit communication is pretty healthy in my relationship. It tends to be going better when I'm doing it. <laughs> what about you? What do you think? What is, and an, just in our earthly relationships, what are healthy things for us to do? It's connections. Connections. So let's say, uh, you know, important to have... Uh, shared passions and and things we are able to connect with. Thanks. Spending time together. Spending time together. That's right. It's a healthy thing. Relationships tend to grow when you spend time together. I don't know how many times as a teenager I was like, oh, I like that girl. What do I say? And you know what? It never went anywhere because I never said or spent time with them. Too nervous anyway. I'm over that. (laughs) Conflict. Resolving conflict. That's right. And you know what? The great thing is, as much as this is, there's some of the simple things in relationship, but in in you know in marriages, in in uh, partnerships, in in friendships, in professional lives. It's the same as with God, and God has given us some professional tools, some relationship tools to enable us to grow our relationship with God. So each of these eight weeks, we're going to look at a different relational tool and thing that God has given us to enable our relationship with God. Another thing which touches on what Scott says is it's important that we are removing obstacles. If you share my heart this morning for us to change the status quo, to be prepared to go deeper in relationship with God, sometimes that means removing the barrier, removing the thing that is getting in the way. And the important thing with relationship is with God, is it's you and God. It's not you, me and God. God. You know, perhaps, you know, you you can invite someone in to to encourage you in your journey, but it's between you and God. And so it means that when there's an obstacle, hopefully you are the one who knows it best because it's the one in your life. And so I want to encourage you to be prepared on this journey of relationship with God, to be open to God, to see what he points out to you so that we can get those things out of the way. I know that if I'm haphazard about anything, then I actually become a bit of a hazard to that thing. Whereas if I'm purposeful, then my purpose actually allows me to succeed. If we're not intentional about our relationship with God, then... It may just go nowhere. I want you to have a think about a bit of driftwood. We don't know where this has fallen into the water. We don't know where it's come from. But as soon as it falls into the water, it sits Slowly, slowly it goes one way or another with the current, with other influences that land into the water. And you know what? We don't know where it's come from. We don't know if it's come down a long stream. We, We don't know. But we do know that it just drifts along. And who knows where it will finish, what state it will be in when it gets there. The point is that we need to be intentional about our relationship with God because otherwise who knows where we will get to? Who knows where we will end up? Because we are in this world and the devil roams around in this world and if we're not intentional, this world could leave us anywhere. So, this series does present a personal challenge for each one of us, myself included. How well do you know yourself? Are you self aware? Is what you're doing when you sow into a relationship with God doing anything? Is it being effective? Are you getting anything out of it? Is God getting anything out of it? Are you doing anything? Where do you need to keep the status quo and where do you need to change it? Now, we're not talking about change for the sake of change, but we're talking about being purposeful in how we live in relationship with God. If we don't live in purpose, if we don't do things with purpose, what's the point in doing them? I know a guy who told me the story of when he was in his 20s Uh, a long time ago. He had the opportunity at his church to, um, that our church he'd been at for a long time, to uh, bring the scripture reading. And uh, he decided, you know what, because in the evening service they, they had a, a younger focus, that he decided, well, why don't I take these scriptures and I'll work on them beforehand, but I'll just rewrite it to take out some of, let's say, ye old English uh, and just change it to at least words that, that uh, w- were used in normal conversations that day. Uh, and so he did that. And, and this, when this person recounts the story to me, now, tell me how they never got invited back to read the scriptures ever again. <laughs> now, unfortunately, that's not the tragedy. The tragedy is that goes on for me to be able to tell you that I know that this person is the most resistant person to change in their church, least prepared to do something new, least prepared to engage, and has been going nowhere in their faith, from an outside perspective for a long time. And that is the the tragedy, that we had a heart that was willing to move and to engage with God where they were at and had gone cold. Last Christmas I was on holiday uh, with our extended family, uh, a lot of them from South Australia and and when we get to do this every second year we we get to all gather together and uh, it's a lovely time and uh, we we went over to a a town in South Australia, had a great time, met with a, um, we, we, we always like to go to church together. Uh, it's special, not, not all of us uh, stick to the faith as, as once were, but, but we, we still gather together and it's a really lovely time. And, and while we're at this, uh, this particular church, um, the story, one, one of the guys there asks the question because myself and, and my cousins, there's quite a number of us and so, you know, there's a bit of young life in the church and, and we were asked, uh, where have you come from? Why, why are you here? Like, what's brought all you young people here? And, you know, the story gets told well, as a family, this is what we do, and it's great. And, um, and uh, it became apparent that that wasn't really what they were interested in, but dove into telling us the story about how once, as a church, they had some young, young. Uh, Teenagers and and 20-something-year-olds come along who who were really keen and and engaged with Christ and were really dynamic in in what they were were believing. And and, and that number grew. And, you know, some of them, there were some young families and, oh, they engaged. But then slowly they started wanting to do some things in the church and change some things and, oh, they wanted to take the banners down. Wow. Uh, and so anyway, so they journeyed as a church and they, they decided they had a lot of space on their property. So across the courtyard from the chapel, they ended up building this, this other room that could be used for different things. And, and so that ended up being the congregation space for this young, young uh, group of, of Christians. And so they would then go there in that room on a Sunday afternoon and, and do their thing. And then slowly after time, that number dwindled and stopped, and, and, and eventually they had nothing. And he was lamenting about, you know, how, how do we get these young, young people back, and how do we... And the, the tragedy in this scenario was that there had never been this realisation that these young people didn't come for the banners. They didn't come for the buildings. They didn't come for the rituals. They came out of relationship with Jesus Christ. What are the things that we stick to, that we shouldn't be sticking to? What are the things that we we have or do that serve no purpose, that has no intentionality about them anymore? Each one of us needs to know what works for ourselves. We also need to recognise what works for others and be able to facilitate what works for everyone. It's not about change for the sake of change, but it's about making sure we are doing what is effective for people who believe in Jesus Christ. If you've been doing the same things in your relationship with God for the last few months and been getting nothing out of it, Whether it's been approaching God's word personally, whether it's been sitting under his teaching corporately, whether it's coming to him in prayer, whether it's devoting yourself in worship, spending time in the presence of God, having the Holy Spirit sharpen you through ministry and discipleship with others. If it's not working for you, if it's as beneficial as eating cardboard, then it's time to make a change. The Apostle Peter, his encouragement is to crave pure spiritual milk so that you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. If what you're doing isn't growing you, then it's time for something new. It said, if you do what you have always done, you'll always get what you've always got. Now, if it's working for you, if it's working for you, if your relationship is growing with God, then I want to encourage you just to be prepared. Sometimes we need variety. Sometimes we go through different seasons. So if you are, if what you're doing is working for you, then fantastic. Keep pushing in. But have an awareness and preparedness to change the status quo. There is a place for perseverance. Sometimes what you have done that has worked in the past, sometimes because of other circumstances, uh, isn't working so well. And sometimes there is a place for perseverance, but I want to encourage you, that if that's the space you find yourself in, Be purposeful in that perseverance. Don't just keep rocking up and doing the same thing when you meet with God. But if you're wanting to be persevering, then make sure you're turning up and going, God, I'm going to keep doing this, as opposed to just doing the same old, same old. It's all about being purposeful. Now, that's just the introduction That's just the instruction. It's the instruction for our series. Because if we can't be prepared and open and and willing uh, here, then the whole series is going to be for nothing. And I'll warn you now, if you sit here going, yeah, nah, I don't care, I'm not changing anything, I'll I'll give you the heads up, there might not be much worth rocking up for the next seven weeks. It is the introduction for the whole series. It provides context and understanding to every single one of the weeks and the tools that we talk about. So, this week, don't worry, this bit's going to be a shorter part, but we're going to talk about God's Word because it is one of the most dynamic tools that we have in relationship with God. God. The Bible. There's no better place for us to start in terms of these tools than in the Bible because the Bible is a story of the reconciliation of humankind to God, of how God has and plans to bring us back into relationship with him. That is why it is such an important tool. As a Christian, I believe that the Bible is God's word. It may have been penned by men, but it was inspired by the Holy Spirit. And men were just instruments of God. text preached about it a few weeks ago. And so if, if you, if you want to go back and dwell, or if you haven't had the opportunity or you weren't here, I encourage you to hop online on Podbean and, and go find it, because in a way, it's just an introduction. That's the introduction for, for, for this topic here. Because God's Word... Because it's inspired by Him, it makes it supernatural. All scripture, it says in the Bible, is God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the people of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Sounds a bit like Christ likeness, doesn't it? Because that's what it's all about. The Bible has the power to transform anyone, anywhere, any way that God wants to. But we do have to have a willing heart. God gave us free will and he gave us choice. And he doesn't go through that and break that. He is always prepared to allow us our space to engage. I remember one time as a teenager, when I was praying, I was out on our back deck, I was crying. I oh, goodness, this is the second time I've told a story about when I was a young person crying. Gosh, Crikey. You start to think I was an emotional teen. I was. <laughs> um, I remember one time as a teenager, I was out on our back porch. Oh, Actually, I do remember why. Anyway, I was, I was crying and I was uh, frustrated with God and uh, just expressing that frustration to God and asking him questions and demanding answers. And I felt like I was getting nothing, which was pretty frustrating in itself, And after a while I decided you know what stuff I'm gonna I'm gonna go into my room, I'm gonna open the bowl, I'm just and you know, I I wouldn't usually advocate this, I'm just gonna open it up and God better, like wherever I've gotten to, he better speak. And lo and behold he did. Now, this is an aside, but it didn't talk about KFC in that 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 scripture. But God moved me to give up having KFC for four years. That's a whole entire different story. But God spoke to me, I kid you not, right then and there. It's a funny thing. God doesn't always answer straight away, but by golly gee whiz, it's a good idea when seeking God and seeking relationship with God to go to where he's put his mind, his will, and his heart for us. We can always find in God's word what we're looking for. Now, while we might not always know the difference that spending time in God's word makes, we do know that the word of God is living and active sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. God is living in his word. So I want to encourage you. We're going to think about some practical things most of these weeks, and I am encourage you in some practical thoughts about how we can grow in a relationship with God through His Word. The first thing is by coming to it regularly. The more time that we spend in God's will, the more we will naturally live it out ourselves. It's as simple as that. We've got to be prepared. I want to encourage you in this idea of preparation. Before reading God's word, I want to encourage you, if you don't already, stop, pause. Honour God in what you're about to do. This helps you be intentional and purposeful about reading God's word. Not to do it haphazardly. You could do this uh, through calming your soul first. As Scott did a couple of weeks ago, taking some deep breaths in and out. Clearing the mind first. How can we share the mind of Christ if we have so many other things going on? Find a quiet headspace to read. I want to encourage you, pray first. Now the good thing, and I'm just going to say, allow God to do his thing. So I want to encourage you when you get into God's words, don't go too strongly in with your plan in mind. We can get into habits and rhythms when it's reading God's word and if that's working for you, that's fantastic. Keep doing that. But I want to encourage you, every single one of us, even in my habits and my plans, that we need to be prepared to just approach it a little bit loosely. That, you know, you might be like, I'm going to read this chapter today or I'm going to read this story today or I'm going to just focus on, on this half today. I want to encourage you that if you get to the end of that time and you have, and, and God hasn't spoken to you, Go a bit longer. Because yeah. maybe what God has for you is coming up, but because we're stuck in our plan and what we had in mind, we don't get to it. Or perhaps sometimes we're reading through and we get a verse and it's like, oh, yeah, that's pretty good, and we keep reading. i encourage encouraging. Maybe we need to stop and dwell. Maybe we're not, need, we're not needing to read that whole paragraph. Maybe that one verse that you started with at the very start of your time, they might be like, oh, but I need to spend like quality, some more time in this. Maybe the quality is in that verse, to stop and to dwell with it, to ask God questions about it, to let God challenge you through it. Allow God to do his thing. And above all else, we do need to prioritise God's word. We're all at different points in our life journey and we're all at different points with our journey with Christ. So getting into God's word will suit different people at different times in different ways. But I do want to encourage you from our thoughts before. You know... I was out to dinner with my now wife Sarah before we got married and I sat opposite her and, and I said to her, hey honey there's, there's something I've been really thinking about that, that I think is going to be really great You know, that's going to take our relationship to the next level I think we need to spend less time together I don't think it's going to go very well I have a feeling I might have a sore cheek after doing something like that. And certainly I know, you know, as, as we have a son and we're, we're heading into a season of a, of a second child that I'm going to be challenged to prioritise God's word. And I'm not going to stand up here and pretend like I don't know the difficulties. I recognise that. So each one of us in our own way, in your own conversation with God, need to figure out what priority God wants you to place in his word. When will you meet with the will of God? When are you prepared to regularly share his heart and hear from him? Now, I have some other practical things I want to impart and and encourage that some people might know or or don't know that hopefully uh, aren't just principles but are practically going to enable you in your time in God's Word. Does anyone know this acronym? Space Pets. Anyone? No. No. Okay. Okay. Space Pets. Now, I came across Space Pets uh, from Rick Warren and Saddleback Church uh, in a church-wide series they have called 40 Days in the Word. Uh, And they, 40 Days in the Word, the whole series is fantastic about approaching God's Word. This was one of the things that's in it. And uh, each one of these letters stands for a question that we can ask God's word uh, when we read a verse or a passage of scripture. Uh, so, so that instead of coming away from a time going, oh, didn't get anything out of that. Let's just hope, you know, it sits in me and that'll be right. But perhaps these are questions that you might be able to uh, ask God's word after reading a verse or a, a section to understand what God is saying to you so the first one is and the, all of them let's just uh, have a look first is for S, a sin to confess you read a passage or you read a verse and you go is this asking me about a sin that I need to confess maybe not does it uh, is there a promise to claim is there an attitude to change or oh, in this verse here And the Ten Commandments, is there a command I'm supposed to obey? That's a pretty simple uh, example. But is there a command in here for me to obey? Is there an example for me to follow? Is there a prayer I need to pray? Is there an error I need to avoid? Is there a truth that I need to believe? Is there something to praise God for? (coughs) And one of the things I love about these questions is that when I've done uh, it with some youth, we sit down and we fight. We just pick out a random bit of scripture. We ask the questions, and I'm all sort of ready with, like, let's say the the answers. And then one of them will be like, "Oh, yeah, there's an attitude to change in here, I go, huh?" But obviously, where they're at in their relationship with God, that is how God has spoken to them. And I go, actually, if I think about that scenario, yeah, that works. That yeah, that's right. But, but it might be something different for me. So let's be practical. Let's uh, chuck up a verse, Saint Paul Eno. James 5.13. Is any one of you suffering? They should pray. Is anyone cheerful? They should sing praises. Tell me, having a look at Space Fence, what do you think God is communicating to you? Let's do it. Which one? Command, okay. Now you might be sitting there going, mm, I didn't feel a command there, but that's okay. But we, we potentially have a command here that that, hey, just in case you're tempted of doing something else, when you are suffering, you should come and pray. You should come and meet with me and talk to me about it. There's a command. Anyone else see something potentially different in there? I want to feel an an attitude to change. So that, those two things work really well together in this context. Fantastic, that's right. Maybe one more? I don't know, maybe there's not one more. I'm just. An example. An example, yeah. That's fantastic. Part of me sits here and I go, you know, I, I see something to praise God for. That when I am suffering, I can. Come meet with him. I can pray. I have a tool that I can talk to God about it. So I want to encourage you because we don't want to just give you head knowledge and let you sort of go away in that. But um, oh, down the back on the on the um, on the shelf, I have printed out this. There it is. Uh, space pets. Oh, back to the so back to the other one, Polly. So I have space pets written out. As you got it there, down there. So if you go, you know what, this might be a helpful tool. I might find this helpful in my time with God. There's some paper clips. You can just paper clip it on the inside of your Bible cover, and there it is for you to use. I to also encourage you. Some people do like uh, need a bit of head knowledge to help engage in God's Word. So thanks, Paulina. Down on the bookshelf, there is this book: Insights Bible Companion, practical helps for better study. That might help you. I want to encourage you because we we want to encourage people in their relationships with God. It's down there. I want to encourage you if that's going to be helpful for you to borrow it. Some go looking for God in all sorts of places. They make conclusions about God from what they see in this world oh, I can see God in this, I can see God in that. But we've actually got to be prepared to understand God and see God in his word. Because not everything out there is God. So I want to encourage you this morning, let's dive into God's word. So into that relationship through this tool. Be purposeful about it because relationship works when it's purposeful. Let's read Colossians 2, verses 6 to 8. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world rather than Christ. Find your place with God's words because that is where you find God. We're going to pray to finish. And to, this morning with prayer, I'm, I'm going to pray let's say, a personal prayer uh, for me and my relationship with God. What I want to encourage you to do is uh, in, in, in these words, if these are words that you feel like you can repeat, feel like that strikes a chord with you, when it does, I want to encourage you just to lift your hands and then you can make that your prayer as well so let's pray Father God I recognize who you are and God I recognize who I am God that I need relationship with you God because on my own I am not enough Lord I fall short of your glory Lord I make mistakes And God, so many times, time and time again, I take you for granted. I'm not purposeful about my relationship with you. And God, so many times there's more that I could be doing. And God, so I lay me at your feet of Jesus Christ. God, I say that, Lord, I want more of you and less of me. In this vessel. God, I want to see you growing in me through the things that I do and the things that I say. And God, I I thank you that you are always prepared to meet me where I'm at as soon as I come to you. Lord, may the prayer of our hearts be that you would become greater and that we would become less. God, because we know this, this world will be transformed when that happens. Things will change. Lives will be transformed. God, we won't know ourselves and we won't know this world. We won't know this community because you are. will be far greater in it. Lord, I come to you with a willing heart. Lord, may we see you more each day.